Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. All right, Joe, moving to what I think outside of the NFL draft is the biggest news in, in the sports world right now. This one really threw me for a loop. LSU women's basketball hiring Kim Mulkey away from Baylor. We're talking about a coach in Mulkey that's won three national championships, that if the greatest coach in maybe college sports history and Gino Ariyama wasn't there in UConn, you're looking at a coach right now in, in Mulkey who probably had maybe five or six national championships and easily be a generational coach. And even with that, she's been able to go out there and win three national championships, consistently have a top five basketball team, and just what a stellar hire by LSU. It's kind of like we're, when Urban Meyer went to Ohio State or something like that, or if Dabo Sweeney were to go elsewhere. You know, you, you know you're not getting Nick Saban. My goodness, you're getting somebody pretty close to that level. And I think that LSU women's basketball is about to take off. And they, they have a lot of tradition there. They made it to quite a few Final Fours back in the early 2000s. I want to say two or three years in a row they went to the Final Four back in those days. And so this is a once-proud program. And I think they're about to return to uh, prominence. Well, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, Mulkey is a surefire success. You know, and I think she fits in so well in Louisiana. She's a native. Uh, she played college basketball in Louisiana Tech and I believe won a national championship as a basketball player at Louisiana Tech, which is crazy. It's not a school you would think would win one. But I know she's yeah. one of the few coaches that you have that not only is one national championship coach, but also one as a player. I think it's her, Bobby Knight, and not Dean Smith. There was one other coach, but I know her and Bobby Knight were two of the ones, that, the only ones that have ever won a national championship as a coach and as a player. And she's also got the connection at LSU with the fact that her son played baseball there. So that's another reason I think she wanted to to come home to, to Louisiana. Well, you know, she, she's got some athletic genes then because, you know, the baseball play, baseball at LSU is, is the best. I mean, they get the best players there. So I think that's a great fit. And, I mean, I think she's going to really sit well with LSU fans because she has great sound bites. I mean, she she's not afraid to call out refs after a game, like after what happened in that UConn game with the foul that wasn't called. I mean, she was all over the board what she was saying, not scared. She's feisty. Uh, she's going to do a great job recruiting, and I'm just I'm really excited about the hire. You got the most probably fascinating personality um, in coaching in women's college basketball. You know, it's kind of like in football they've got Ed Orgeron. You know, is the most fascinating football personality. Yeah, it's definitely pairing. Like, a, there's there's not going to be a lot of air in the room when Orgeron and Mulkey walk in together. <laughs> uh. Joe, moving on, like speaking of college sports, uh, big news coming out where the College Football Playoff Committee is saying they are theorizing about how an, a 6, an 8, a 12, or a 16 playoff would look. Uh, and so suddenly, you know, they're going against what they've always said, which is we love the four model. We'll never even consider going against it. Now they're actually talking about what these different models would look like. And, Joe, I'm really starting to think that there's no way you see the college football playoff go to the end of its current contract, which I believe is 2025. I think that last year's college football playoff was the least watch they've ever had by a landslide. 
And I think that they want some new blood in there. They know right now that it's a guarantee that year in, year out, you're going to get Alabama and or, you know, an LSU, Georgia, Auburn type team, uh, Florida, and then you're always going to get Clemson. That's a guarantee right now. Uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Every year you're going to get some combination of that. And I think that they realize that they got to get the West Coast back in it. You got to get USC and Oregon and Washington involved. And you got to maybe get a second pack, the Big Ten team like a Penn State, Michigan in there. And unless they expand it to eight, they're not going to see that. They're going to continue to have their viewership dwindle. And the most startling statistic for me, Dan, is that I read that only 11 teams or schools have appeared in the college football playoffs since its inception in 2014. So that's seven years with only 11 different schools, most notably Alabama, Clemson, and also Ohio State. Compare and contrast that with the Final Four um, in men's college basketball. I guarantee you 11 teams of different teams have played in the Final Four in the last three yeah. Final Fours. It's just that much parity. So they've got to do something to get some other fan bases interested in this event. And they've also figured, you know, they got to do something about the postseason in college football in general because the bowl season has taken such a big hit with the college football playoffs. So, you know, the idea that they had years ago to go away from the BCS and start this was a good idea, but it's not working, you know, as well as they would have hoped. And then they've got to make some amendments. And, Joe, I personally don't think you need 16. I think eight's plenty. I, I like eight because I feel like when you get past eight, you don't have any teams that can actually win the national championship. But I do think between five and eight, there's some teams that can make some noise. I mean, let's look at two years ago, that Oregon team with Justin Herbert, that was a really good team that finished at six, and they just had a you know a couple weird head-scratching games. But you saw the way they went out and blasted Utah, how they went out and beat Wisconsin in that bowl game, and you saw them go toe-to-toe in an excellent game with Auburn. And that's a team that wouldn't make a four, but wouldn't make an eight. Look at last year, Oklahoma. Arguably, at the end of the season, Oklahoma was maybe the second best team in college football after Alabama. And you didn't get to see them make the college football playoff at four. But if you had eight teams, Oklahoma would have been in there. And I think they would have at least won the first round game. I think they were, I think they'd have beaten Clemson. I think they'd beaten Notre Dame. They would have had a puncher's chance against Ohio State. No, I love eight teams and that idea. I think that's a good amount as long as they let in the number one group of five team in yes. that field. Because to me, that is what would make the ratings go up is if you have that group of five team being able to take on the big boys on that stage. That's what we've been missing out. That's what you have in March Madness. You know, you have the Cinderella stories. You have the upsets. You don't have that in the college football playoff. I would have loved to have seen BYU – Coastal Carolina or Liberty have had a chance to take on one of the big boys because both of them played so great in their opportunities they had against Power 5 teams. And, shoot, the only one who lost a game against a Power 5 team was Liberty because their kicker got, what, like three field goals get blocked against Virginia Tech? And so they, they really showed out. I think last year would have been such a cool year to see one of those three teams get a chance. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Regardless, though, I've read that it's going to be at least another two years before anything is done. Um, everything I've seen is that they're not going to make any decisions for 2021 and 2022. I'm not sure, though, if they can quite afford to wait that long. 
I don't think so. I think this is going to be the last season that you see with a four-team playoff. I think they'll institute something new the next season. Okay. Um, I really, I really hope they do too. Uh, yeah. Joe, you know, on a, on a college story that surprised me. So we were really excited about Kevin Mulkey, great hire for LSU. Uh, Ole Miss last year had the leading rushing offense in the SEC. I mean, you had Jerry on Ely doing a great job. Snoop Connor really getting it done in the backfield. Uh, Matt Corral being a pretty solid running quarterback when he had to. Uh, and their offensive line, I think, gave up the fourth uh, best sack percentage in the SEC. And yet, uh, Ole Miss fired their offensive line coach uh, right after the Grove Bowl, which was a really shocking decision for me. And I don't really understand what's happening with that. What is your insight on this? I don't know either. Uh, the only thing I could say is that um, Randy Clements, the former offensive line coach, did have connections to Florida State. His previous uh, stops there. You know, so maybe Wayne Kiffin decided, you know, as you like to say, that Florida State, any connection to their offensive line was just not good enough. But the timing to me just made no sense because it was after the Grove Bowl, after last year he had a very productive season coaching that unit. Also think that he and Jeff Levy, the offensive coordinator for Ole Miss, have a relationship, and so it doesn't really make any sense to me to make Levy upset because he's considered one of the better um, up-and-coming offensive coordinators in the country and was one of the finalists, I think, for, for the UCF job that went to Gus Malzahn. So it's very puzzling, and with the timing, I mean, who's going to be available at this point? I, I don't know if I'd like to promote somebody already on the staff and then add somebody else to the staff. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I would say that just to speculate, I have not read this, I want to preface, but I would speculate that there had to have been some just internal struggles and differences of opinion between Clements and Lane Kiffin or some type of internal incident that they're just not reporting. Well, I mean, you know, Lane Kiffin's been known to butt heads with people, most notably when he was an assistant coach with Nick Saban. So it is possible that him and Clements had some kind of issue that was irreparable right there. Um, that's the only thing I can say because, I mean, really, I thought Ole Miss's offensive line was the best that I've seen in a long time last year, and I was so impressed with the run game. I mean, that was something that I hadn't seen from Ole Miss since, what, the days of Deuce McAllister almost when we could run the football. So I, I was really upset when I saw the story. But, I mean, you know, I guess I guess Lane's got some kind of plan with it, but right now it looks like whoever they get is probably going to be a lateral move. And it's a subtle move, like as far as this is a story that a lot of people outside of Ole Miss will forget about six months from now. But this is something, if you're an Ole Miss fan, to pay attention to. Yeah. You lose an offensive line coach. We all know how important offensive line is at any level of football. Watch and see what impact this has on Matt Corral in the offense. Yeah, and look and see what impact this has on Jerry and Ely and Henry Parrish, which was going to be a really solid one-two punch coming into the season. If you see their production dip down, might be a little bit more to it than you think, and not necessarily on them, but could be on the offensive line coaching they have ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that being said, we hope that this works out pretty well for Ole Miss and they're able to get somebody that can keep that production up. Seems you know not likely right now, but we're hoping for a great draft tomorrow night. And thank all the listeners. Catch us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m., also, catch all of our old episodes uh, of Dan and Joe Sports Show on Spotify. You search Dan and Joe Sports Show on Spotify. You'll see the full catalog. 
and uh, follow us on Twitter at DJ Sports Show. And as always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jim.